Good morning, everybody. Did you come with expectation this morning that, that the Holy Spirit's going to show up, that God is here, that, uh, um, that we are going to encounter him this morning? Because I did, and so if you didn't, uh, I, I encourage you to come along with me, please. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are watching online this morning, uh, we're so glad that you're here as well. Um, we hope that uh, you would please reach out to our online hosts that are available for you. They can pray with you, answer questions, uh, anything that you may need this morning. I just want to invite you all to stand, and uh, we're going to start singing unto the Lord and uh, just praising his name.
This morning, church, I just want to ask you a question. How often is it that you speak the name of Jesus over people, over things, or over environments, maybe situations? The name of Jesus is so powerful. Demons flee, the dead are raised, and the sick are healed. This morning we have a new song that we're going to sing. It's called That's the Power. And it talks about the power in the name of Jesus and what that means. Church, let's experience that this morning. If you don't speak the name of Jesus over people, over family, start with this song. And let this be a learning experience, something that you can do throughout your your spiritual walk. Speak the name of Jesus. I see you taking ground I see you breathing 
to him. Oh 
are so glad that you are with us today. The second and fourth Sunday each month, uh, we have an opportunity for our prayer team to come forward and an opportunity to pray uh, with you. And I just want to encourage you uh, that if you are watching online this morning, you can pray with one of our online hosts. You can text prayer to that number that's on your screen. Uh, I want to invite our prayer team to come forward now. So if you're an elder, a small group leader, a member of our prayer team, we want to invite you to come forward right now. We want to invite everyone in Springbrook to just take advantage of this opportunity for us to pray over you. There are 375 prayer requests on the walls to your left and to your right. Not 374, not 376, but 375. And we get an opportunity to pray over those. And so I want to encourage you, if you want, if you want to, you can also just make your way to the wall over there. You can write a prayer request on one of those post-it notes. You can put that up on the wall or you can come forward. We'd we'll love the opportunity to pray with you uh, this morning. But I was reading through different passages last week and was reminded that even the hairs of our, num- our heads are numbered. And so if you have hair, your hair's numbered. <laughs> God knows what you need even before you ask, but it's a privilege for us to be able to lift our prayer requests up to our Heavenly Father that cares about us, that hears us, and wants to come in with us in this way. And so during this next song, we want to invite you to make your way up to the front. A member of our prayer team would love the opportunity to pray with you, or you can make your way to the right over there and put a prayer request up on that wall. But take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, for us to lift our prayer requests up to our Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you uh, for this day you've given us. As we come forward to to pray this morning, I pray that you would hear our prayers. Uh, God, give us a a sense of your presence in our life. Guide us, direct us, make way our paths. We look forward to all that you have for us. We commit this time to you in Christ's name. Amen. So you can make your way to the front during this next song, and then uh, Kyle will close us in just a few moments.
mention your way is better your way is better shake up the ground of all my tradition break down the walls of all my religion your way is better my 
Good morning. Welcome to Springbrook. My name is Richard. I'm the lead pastor here at Springbrook. And if you're a first-time guest with us this morning, we want to extend a special welcome uh, to you. If you didn't have an opportunity to come up front for prayer, if we can pray for you in any way, you can also text the keyword prayer uh, to that phone number anytime. It's monitored uh, 24-7, so you can share prayer requests with us at any time. If you're visiting with us today, if this is your first time, you can text the keyword first time uh, to that phone number. It'll help you uh, get connected to Springbrook. And then uh, if you just want to let us know you're here, you can do that as well. You've also got that connection card in your chair, and so you can share with us uh, any contact information you'd like to share. If you have emails, change, those kind of things, prayer requests, um, there's a place for you to drop those in, a, in the box uh, on your way out in the back. Uh, but we want to thank you for being with us uh, this morning. And I want to let you know, ladies, our Aspire Women's Conference is uh, coming up pretty soon. And so I think we've got a slide for that. If you uh, have not yet registered, I want to encourage you to register for that uh, today. Um, you can register for that, or uh, Pastor Jeff and the Hadid Brock, the team for Aspire, has got some tickets available out in the lobby. Um, this morning, you can pick those tickets up. I think you save a couple of dollars if you buy them here. Um, but we want to encourage you to, uh, to register for that. So this will be the last Sunday we're making the announcement for this. It's coming up. So if you have not registered, uh, please register now. There's some, also some flyers at the Ministry Center counter. You can pass on to some friends, neighbors, uh, family members. This is a great opportunity for you to invite some other ladies to come with you. It's going to be a live evening here at Springbrook on the 9th, uh, 6 o'clock show. Uh, VIPs, I think, get here a little bit early. So if you want some more information about that, please visit our website. Uh, stop by and pick up one of those flyers at the Ministry Center counter. We also have some... 
uh, uh, some Easter invite cards. Easter's coming. I don't know if you knew that. It's coming up pretty quick. And so we passed out some flyers at the uh, leadership gathering last week, and I had the time wrong, so those got corrected. And so if you want to pick up uh, a little postcard to invite your friends, your neighbors with you, we've got an exciting Palm Sunday. We have a Seder for Good Friday, and we have some exciting things planned for Easter. So this is a great opportunity to invite uh, friends and family with you and start praying uh, for them as well. In fact, if you've got that Bless Every Home uh, app on your phone, this is a great postcard uh, to send to those that you've been praying for or for people that have moved into our community. And so you can stop by the Ministry Center counter uh, today to pick up uh, any information that you might need. And then I also want to encourage you uh, on this next slide, we've got some information for you. If you have, uh, if you have a story to share um, or if you've got um, you know, uh, a way that God's been working in your life, we want to encourage you um, to, uh, to share that with us. Um, it is so encouraging for me to be able to hear uh, where God has been at work uh, in people's lives. And so we've been doing our stories of Springbrook uh, every segment. We're going to do that each Sunday as we transition into the message. But if you have a story to share, I'd like to encourage you to let us know um, how we can, uh, can enable you to share that with others. Um, you can also text the keyword INFO to that same number. Um, if you have not downloaded our app or visit our website, we have so many exciting things happening at Springbrook. We can't communicate them all to you on Sunday morning. And so if you just want to text the keyword INFO to that number as well, um, that'll help you get connected with our weekly email or app. Um, but we are so excited uh, about um, what God's doing as we move through this year. We want to encourage you to be a part of that. And so if you've got a story uh, you'd like to share as well, please uh, text that to us. And we're going to listen to Bill Zaletti's story in just a moment. Pastor Tim's going to come out afterwards, but I want to thank you for being with us this morning. Hi, my name is Bill Zaletti, and I've been a member here at Springbrook for the last 17 years. During that time, I've served in several areas of ministry, and through that, I've built a number of relationships that have come to mean an awful lot to me and to my family. During the time that I've been with uh, Springbrook, I've had an opportunity to serve in various ministries. Uh, such things as the cleaning team on Friday, the picnic ministries uh, that we've had over the years. And through the forming of those relationships, um, it's just been a blessing to me and to, and, and, and to everyone that I've had the opportunity to serve with. Um, I've had some life-changing experiences um, that I've seen in others um, where they've come to know God and they've come to really just uh, embrace the whole relationship that they have with Jesus. Most recently, I was diagnosed with cancer. And through this process, um, I can't tell you the number of encouraging prayers and cards and phone calls and comments that I've received. But I've been at peace. Uh, God has given me a peace from the very first day that I received that diagnosis. And throughout my entire treatments, I felt his presence with me. And I felt that he was just uh, there holding me and, and helping me uh, to process everything that was going on. So through this process, my goal is to uh, continue to serve in Springbrook, uh, areas where I can physically do that. Um, I really uh, love working with the Lord, working for the Lord and being with other people and, and sharing our relationships with them. Um, 
My goal is to continue to build those relationships with people, and to and to just take that to a depth.、Uh, as far as God is is leading me to、uh, to, to be involved these days,、um, my goal, final goal, is to encourage others,、um, as well as to lean on them and be encouraged by the、uh, the notes and the comments and the phone calls that I've received. So this is my story. And I thank God every day for what He's done in my life. Amen. It is good to recount to one another the faithfulness of God, and He is faithful both in times of plenty and in times of need, in ease. And in difficulty, Father, we do thank you for your great faithfulness. We thank you that you are sufficient, that you are glorious, and that you are good. We praise you, even for the testimonies of so many in this room who could recount your faithfulness in their lives. Surely you, you are worthy of our praise. As we turn once again to your holy word this morning, we ask that you would instruct us, that you would remind us of your truth, and that you would grant us a greater vision of your glory, that we might know you, that we might worship you aright, and that we might walk in your ways. For it is in Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Now, most of us in school probably learned that the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. But sometimes, when we consider the different situations and circumstances in our life, we might be tempted to wonder whether or not God knows that. In fact, we might be tempted to think that 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 God considers that the shortest distance between two points is not so much a straight line, but a zigzag. Because there are indeed times in our lives where where we have this idea of point A, the starting point, and this idea of point B, the the ending point, and and we have this perception of. How to get from A to B, and yet we find ourselves with some unexpected stopovers along the way. It's almost like the Lord God Almighty and the airline industry are in cahoots with one another, like when they send you from Chicago to Houston so that you can get to New York, and you're like, "What?" For some of us, we've experienced this in that we've kind of set out on this journey of faith with an earnest desire in our heart, perhaps for marriage, and we thought that everything was moving towards that in a relationship that we were in, only to find that that relationship. Crumbled and fell apart before we ever reached the destination that we thought we were heading to. Some of us, within our careers, 
We go to step forward and put ourselves forward for a promotion, a job that we have dreamed about that would be such a good fit. We go through the interview process. Everything goes well. And not only do they say, uh, we've decided to go with someone else, they then shift us into a role that we never wanted at all. We find ourselves further, it seems, from the destination than where we began. In fact, uh, for many of us, we grow up and we have this idea within our culture, this idea within our society that, that we need to plan things out. And so we might have a plan. And, and, and as our kids are growing up, we help them to think through plans. And we, okay, so you need to do well in school and graduate at high school so you can get into a good college. And if you can get scholarships, that's a wonderful thing. And then you get trained in college and then you go into this, into this career and then uh, uh, you settle down with, uh, with, with uh, a spouse and you start a family, you get into your starter home, and then from there you you kind of work up. And we have this journey in mind and a medical diagnosis and a break in a relationship, a difficult boss, or something else seems to come out of left field And we wonder, how do we get from here to there? Sometimes it seems that with God, the shortest distance between two points is not a straight line. But it seems to be a zigzag. Today, as we return once again to God's Word and to the Old Testament book of Exodus as we've been studying together in recent weeks through this book. We're going to see that the people of Israel in the days of Moses discovered that God has a plan, even on that indirect path, even on that zigzag journey. So if you've got a copy of the Scriptures with you, I want to invite you to join me once again this morning in Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13, and we're going to begin in verse 17. If you've been here over recent weeks, you're probably expecting me to cover like six chapters again like we did a couple of weeks ago. I got good news. I'm doing six verses, okay? So uh, that doesn't mean I'm going to preach any shorter. But but, um, Exodus chapter 13, beginning in... Verse 17, the people of Egypt have been slaves. They have been in captive in the land of Egypt uh, for some 430 years. God has, has sent these plagues upon the land of Egypt, and he has rescued the people of Israel out of captivity. We saw last week that he sent this final plague, the plague of the death of the firstborn. But God provided a means by which his people could be covered, could be sheltered, could be passed over through the sacrifice of a spotless lamb and the blood placed upon the lintel and the door frames of the homes. And after refusing to release the people of Israel, hard-hearted Pharaoh finally comes and says, get out, get out. All of you and the people of Egypt send them out, literally throwing gold and silver and jewelry and clothes at them, saying, leave. 
And so with great power, with signs and wonders, God brings his people, Israel, out of Egypt. And we read these words beginning in chapter 13, verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Sukkoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. What we see here is that God does sometimes deliberately lead his people on the zigzag path towards the good plans that he has for them. God sometimes deliberately takes us on an indirect path as he did the people of Israel. Uh, We notice this here in these uh, opening verses of what I've just read. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. And so God purposefully took Israel from Goshen to the promised land, to the land of Canaan, by means of an indirect route. And, and, And we're given some reason for that, but just to illustrate this for you, here we have Egypt, up here is uh, uh, um, the, the land of Goshen where they were living and some cities that were mentioned in our text last week and in this week and Ramses and Sukkoth and other places. And, and, and over here is Israel, is the promised land, is the land that they are to inherit at this time, the land of the Canaans, or Canaanites. And so it would seem if we were mapping this out ourselves, that you go something like this. But that's not what God does. And we don't know exactly where they crossed over the Red Sea. Uh, Pastor Jeff is going to be talking about that passage next week. Um, But this red line here kind of illustrates what he does. They go from there down to here, down to here, and actually it's probably somewhere more down here and then across over here and then down, and you get the idea here, this is way longer. But God understands the circumstance that they find themselves in. God has powerfully led them out just as he promised he would do, but he doesn't, he intentionally does not lead them the short route, the direct route, although it was near. And in fact, he tells us why. It says, for God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war. But again, this is a reminder to us of the fact that there are times in our lives where it seems like God does the same for us, where we are expecting that he's going to take us from here to here, from A to B, 
But what he doesn't tell us actually is he's not taking us from A to B. He's taking us from A to Z, and there's a whole lot of letters in between. You ever feel that way? You ever find yourself wandering, thinking, God, why is this so slow? How, how long before we get there? What if, uh, in, in this business that you gave me, I, I, I thought that this was going to just take off, and, and, and the, the client that I thought that I needed to get there has just jumped ship and he's gone to my nearest competitor. God, I thought that, I, I, I thought that this is the way that things were going to happen with my kids. I had a plan. I had a dream for my kids, and, and, and they're not following it. God, what are you doing? You know, sometimes in our lives, it's because God has a plan that is greater than ours. We'll see that in just a moment. At other times, it's true that we uh, can be disobedient. We can kind of try to push for our own thing. Sometimes the reason that it seems like God is taking us on the indirect route is because it's from our perspective an indirect route because we have in mind a certain destination and we have convinced ourselves this is where we're heading for when God has a far better place to which He wants to lead us. But the reason... For the zigzag path for the people of Israel and sometimes for the zigzag path in our own life is that God sometimes takes us on that indirect path because he knows that there is some obstacle on the straight line that would keep us from reaching the goal. And here for Israel as they come out of Egypt, he says, if they see war, if they face the Philistines in battle early on, then they are going to turn around and head back. They're going to change their minds. They're going to go back and run back to Pharaoh and run back to Egypt. Now, it's true that if we were to track through the book of Exodus, it's just a few more chapters before we see the Israelites facing war against the Amalekites. They go to battle against the Amalekites. But before we get there, there are several things that God is going to teach them. So we're going to see next week, he is going to powerfully and miraculously lead them through the Red Sea, and he's going to teach them that it is the Lord who fights their battles. He's going to teach them about the fact that they can depend on him. They're going to see a demonstration of his power again and again and again. But he says, I'm not going to lead them the direct route because they're not yet ready for what they are going to face along that way. And if they see war, they're going to return to Egypt. And so it says, but God led them around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And it says, he led them by the wilderness and the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Now, it seems strange she's saying, uh, I'm not going to lead them this way because if they face battle, then, then they might turn back. And then he describes them as being equipped for battle. Actually, this description is probably better, to, uh, less to say that they're equipped for battle, more to say they went out in a regimented order. They went out like a military unit with tribe by tribe by tribe organized 
But God is bringing them out. And he is graciously superintending not only the destination to which they are traveling, but even the very path that they will take to get their friends. Let me encourage you in something. God is not simply interested in calling a people to himself through Jesus Christ and is giving them the, pro- the certain promise of heaven and saying, figure it out between here and there. But we have a God who directs our steps, who guides our path, who leads us each and every step of the journey. And that's true not only of the people of Israel so many years ago, but it's true for you and for me today as well. The reason why God sometimes takes us on a zigzag path is because there may be some obstacle on the straight line path that would prevent us from ever reaching the goal, the destination that he has set for us. I don't know if you've experienced this. I certainly have in my life. There have been times where I have so wanted something. There are times that I have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for that thing. And God has not given it. He's not opened that door. He's not led in that way. And we can become discouraged in those times. But one of the things that I've learned is as I look back on the journey in which he has had me on these many years that I've been walking with Christ, I praise God for the prayers that he did not answer. I praise God for the the, the things that he did not do that I had asked for. Because some of those things would not have been good for me. And for some of us, we we have this idea of of what it looks like and, and what it would be like for God to bless us. We have this almost contractual idea of our relationship with God. Well, I'll follow you, God, if you give me this and this and this. If you lead me to where I want to go. But that's not the Christian life. When we come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we submit ourselves wholly to him. We take up our cross. We die to self. We follow him. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. But still, sometimes we can find it very difficult. Because again, Sometimes we'll find ourselves in a circumstance in our life where we have a a desire, and it might be a good desire. And we wonder, God, what are you doing in the midst of this? But maybe that relationship that you were convinced was going to be the right one. God caused it to crumble. Because it would have kept us from following after him. It would have distracted us from our walk with him. Maybe that promotion that you were sure was going to be yours. God in his mercy took us by a different route. Because if we had gotten that job, then we would have been working every hour. 
We would have been constantly running from here to there to there. And our family would have suffered. And we wouldn't be able to make it to church or to small group and be in fellowship and grow, uh, be growing the way that we are in our walk of faith. Maybe if we really had made that first million by the time we reached 25, we would have been tempted to count on our own business acumen rather than live in dependence upon the Lord. I don't know. The truth of the matter is, we don't know all that God is protecting us from. But we are reminded here as we see the people of Israel that when we find ourselves on what feels like the zigzag path, it is in fact the place of God's goodness. It is the place of God's kindness. It is the place of God's wisdom. Each one of us as we gather here this morning and week by week, we're in a different place. We're each facing different things. Different things that we're celebrating. Different things that we're grieving. Different things that we are struggling with. Wherever you may be on the path, let the character of God be your comfort. Remember the faithfulness of God. Remember that He is good and generous and gracious and and merciful. Remember that God's way is the way that we would always choose if we had all the information. That God's way is the way that we would always choose for ourselves if we could see the whole picture. And wherever you are, don't give up. Know that God is choosing for you the best possible path to the place that He is leading you. And that where He leads is always good. Where he leads is always good. It can be hard in the midst of difficulties for us to hold on to that. Sometimes we are tempted to question his goodness. Sometimes we are tempted to disobedience because we're like, God, I'm not sure I can trust you. We like to quote, and it's a wonderful passage of Scripture from the book of Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. It's true. It's true. But those straight paths don't necessarily mean always easy. And those straight paths don't always mean direct. God, in His wisdom, mercifully and graciously leads us. We have these wonderful promises in Scripture. And when you go through the fire, I will be with you. And when you pass through the waters, they will not overcome you. Why do we have those? 
because sometimes God leads us through fire and through waters. Wherever you are on the journey today, keep looking again and again and again to the character of our God who leads us, who guides us, who holds us by His hand and who walks with us. Remember that He is leading us on the best possible path to the destination that He is leading us to and where He leads is always good. But what I love is, even as we continue here and seeing how God leads the people of Israel, we see that God keeps us just as He did them. He keeps us encouraged along the indirect path by giving us reminders of His good purpose and a tangible sense of His presence. Look with me here, beginning in verse 19. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you and carry up, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. It seems like a, a strange piece of information for us to be given, but what we see is that God encourages them with a continual reminder of his good purpose. In our lives, sometimes that can be someone's offhand comment. They don't even know the circumstance that we're going through, but we're talking with them, and they'll, they'll happen to say something, and it's as if God is just giving us a word of encouragement through something that they are bringing up. Well, here for the people of Israel all those years ago, as God led them out of captivity with all of the different things, uh, they had to go out quickly, in a hurry, as we saw last week, with, with great haste, uh, taking only limited things with them. And, and, and yet, Moses remembers to take Joseph's coffin, the bones. Now, most of us are probably thinking, okay, if we're leaving quickly, uh, there are certain things that we're going to have. If, if you have to leave your home really, really fast, there are certain things that you would go to in your house to grab. And while most of us probably don't have an ancestor's bones lying around, that might not be at the top of the list. But imagine this for just a moment. As they are going to walk through the wilderness, they don't even know it's going to be 40 years that they're going to be in the wilderness. But as they walk through the wilderness, a constant reminder of God's faithfulness to his promises is going to be there in the midst of them. They get discouraged and it's like, where are we going? Isn't there a better route to get there? It's really hot today. I'm hungry. Are we there yet? And then they're able to turn and they're able to see again the coffin that carries Joseph's bones. Why is that significant? The text here gives us a glimpse at it, but Joseph was one of the, the, the sons of, of Israel. One of, uh, he's the one who first went down into the land of Egypt. We read about him in, uh, in the book of Genesis. Uh, if you're not really familiar with him, you might remember that he had a coat of many colors. And he has a musical that apparently did quite well. But he goes down into Egypt, 
And this is referring back to the promises of God. You see, way back, even before Joseph, in the book of Genesis chapter 15, when we're still talking about Abraham, in fact, Abraham's name has not even been changed yet. He's still known by Abraham. God has just called him. And, and, and it, God makes a promise, a covenant with him. It says, then the Lord said to Abraham, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and they will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. Sound familiar? Talking about the fact they're going to be in Egypt, only this is generations and generations and generations before they arrive there. But I will bring judgment on that nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. Sound familiar? As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. A few verses later in verse 18. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your offspring I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Say those names fast, and people will think you know how to pronounce them. But God makes a promise to Abraham concerning precisely what's going to happen. Years later, when Joseph goes down to Egypt, he's serving the Lord there in Egypt. And uh, at the end of his life, Genesis chapter 50, just as he's about to die, we read this. Genesis chapter 50, verse 22 and following. So Joseph remained in Egypt, he and his father's house. Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Machir, the son of uh, Manasseh, were counted as Joseph's own. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. They embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Joseph believed that the promise that God had made generations before to Abraham would be fulfilled. In fact, he was so convinced to it that he made his, uh, his children, his grandchildren promise when God shows up in the way that he said he will show up. When God does what he said he will do, grab my bones and take them with you. And here in Exodus chapter 13, this passage that we find ourselves in this morning, we see that they take up these bones as a constant reminder of the promise of God. So when the people were discouraged, look again at the bones. When the people were wondering, are we there yet? Are we ever going to get there? Look again at the bones. Look again at that coffin. Why? Because it represents, it reminds us that God is faithful to His promise. God encourages them with a reminder of His promise. And whether it be when we open the words of Scripture, and I hope you do this on a daily basis and read it again, and you see the goodness and the faithfulness of God, you're reminded of the promises of God, we have that reminder. 
that we can go back to again, that when we find ourselves overwhelmed, when we find ourselves discouraged, when we find ourselves throwing up our hands and saying, God, are we there yet? That we can keep on moving forward on this journey of faith because God has given us His faithful promises. And the promises of God are the assurances He gives to His people so that we can keep on walking by faith while we wait for him to work. But God not only gives them a reminder of his promise, God also gives them a tangible sense of his presence. Look with me at verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. And while we don't see the full longevity of this right now, uh, what we learn later on in the Scriptures is that pillar of fire uh, by night, of, of cloud by day, leads them for the entire duration until they enter into the promised land. More than 40 years later. Every single day and every single night, it goes before them as a constant reminder of the presence of God. He's not only using it to lead and guide them like a a divine GPS system, but to remind them that He is with them in their midst. It's a continual reminder of God's presence with Israel. It's a reminder of the fact that during our zigs and our zags, that God is a God who is faithful to continually remind us of His presence. He has promised, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Hebrews chapter 13. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. There are times in the dead of night when we wake up and nobody else is around. There are times as we lie in a hospital room. There are times when the house is so quiet because everybody's up and out on their own that we can feel so desperately alone. And yet, if you are in Christ, if you have received salvation through Him by faith, we have this promise, this certainty, this assurance. Never. Not when it's dark. Never. Not even when everybody else is gone. Never will I leave you, and never will I forsake you. We look at this passage, we look at uh, the accounts wherever we see the pillar of fire by, by night and of cloud by day, and we think, well, God, if, if you would just lead me in that way, then life would be a whole lot easier. God, if you would just show up and give me my own little cloud to follow, then I would know what I'm supposed to be doing. And we kind of long for that. But the wonderful news is the fact that we don't need a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire. 
because, first of all, we, we have God's holy and completed word in the scriptures. Uh, you you want to know what God would have you do? Open this book. You want to hear a, a, a word from God? Open this book and read. We not only have his word, but he's given us his spirit. And his spirit always leads and guides in a manner that is utterly consistent with the word because the spirit inspired the word. And that spirit dwells in us. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. God is present with us in every moment. In every circumstance. And as we seek him. He leads us and guides us. Lord help me to walk by your spirit today. Lord teach me to walk in your ways. And God delights to answer those prayers. He guides us. He prompts us. He convicts us. He encourages us. He leads us again back into his word and gives us understanding of his holy word and how to apply it to our circumstance and our life. And God graciously reminds us of his presence when we gather together amidst his people. Reminds us of his faithfulness when we hear testimonies of brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're able to again remember just as God was faithful to them, just as God directed them, just as God guided them, still the same God is at work in my life as well. We have a wonderful God who is always and forever faithful. You know, sometimes God leads us on the alternate, the indirect, the zigzag path to get us to his promised destination. But wherever he leads, take confidence and assurance that he is working out his good purpose. Many of us have grown to love the promise of Romans chapter 8, verse 28, which says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. But we don't always keep reading because it goes on to say, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that, we, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. Just very briefly, what is this saying? Well, the first part is the promise. In everything that we face, God is working for good. And the good that he is working is his good purpose. It's not necessarily our definition of what's good. Be careful about taking this and cheapening this promise. What is the good purpose? That we might be conformed to the image of his son. On that journey from A to God's chosen destination, the chosen destination is that you and I would be conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. That in all things, God will take us on whatever path is necessary, graciously leading, guiding our steps, holding us by his mighty right hand so that you 
and I would be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. And thanks be to God, what he begins, he always completes. Because when he knows and predestines, he also calls. And when he calls, he justifies. And when he justifies, he also glorifies. God is at work in his people, and he will complete that work. Or as Paul elsewhere says, To the Philippians, I am convinced of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Whatever place you find yourself in in the journey, even if you feel like you're in the middle of the wilderness and there are no street signs directing the way, Know that as you walk in obedience to God, He is at work to fulfill His good purpose. Not one thing will be wasted. Sometimes it's true that with God, the shortest distance between two points really is a zigzag. But know this, friends, we can follow our good and wise and kind God without fear knowing that he will never harm us and that he will never leave us. There are some of us here today who need to know that. He will never harm us. He will never leave us. So wherever you are, don't give up. Keep walking. Keep following. Keep moving obediently where he leads even if you're having a hard time finding your place on the map, know that God knows precisely where you are. He knows precisely where He's taking you. And He will guide your steps. I love what the old hymn declares. He leadeth me. Oh, blessed thought. O words with heavenly comfort fraught. Whate'er I do, wherever I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom, by waters still or troubled sea, still tis his hand that leadeth me. And when my task on earth is done, When by thy grace the victory's won. Even in death's cold wave I will not flee. Since God through Jordan leadeth me. He leadeth me. He leadeth me. By his own hand he leadeth me. A faithful follower I would be. For by his hand he leadeth me even on the zigzag path. God's hand leads. May we be those faithful followers who delight to follow where he leads, that we might one day in his glorious presence rejoice together and say, it was good, Lord. All praise to his name. Our Father, we thank you.
that just as you showed your great faithfulness to Israel in a way that perhaps left them scratching their heads in confusion at times, that perhaps left them wondering, what are we doing? And that even in our own lives where we find ourselves amidst uncertainty, wondering where on the journey we are or wishing that the path was quicker. Lord, thank you that we can look to you, our good, wise, and faithful God. Thank you that you do not leave us or forsake us. Thank you that you have given us your promises to sustain us. You have given us our, your people to remind us of your great faithfulness. And you have given us of your spirit who dwells in us, having now come to faith in Christ. Lord, direct our steps. And may we be those faithful followers who go where you lead without grumbling or complaining, who trust you knowing that your way is good and wise and pleasant. And in the midst, even of those times of great difficulty, even in the midst of those times where it does indeed feel like we are passing through fire or through flood, would you sustain us? Would you comfort us? Would you strengthen us? And would you continue your good work of conforming us to the likeness of Jesus Christ? For it is in his name that we pray. Amen. We invite you to please stand and worship with us for the last song.
Amen. All the glory and honor and praise to him. Thank you, Father. This morning, church, as we prepare to leave this place, let's go knowing who we are in Christ, knowing that God is faithful, knowing that whatever we may be going through, he will bring us out of it because he is a God who keeps his promises. Amen? Let's go in peace this morning to love and serve our mighty God.